0: Welcome to the Career Ahead Podcast with Mary Lucy. Hi there, my name is Mary Lucy and I'm the founder of Career Ahead. Thousands and thousands of students have just left home for the first time to start college and are living with essentially a group of strangers. It is also the first time perhaps that they may begin to start relationships, perhaps more serious because they're away from home and there's different opportunities when they're away from home. While relationships can be wonderful and very positive for students, unfortunately some individuals encounter and witness both physical, emotional and psychological abuse. This is something that they are not prepared for and they are not equipped with any skills to deal with this if it faces them. I'm delighted to welcome Kay Lynch here today. Kay is a counsellor who has experience working with abusers. She is going to give us some tips and advice and outline and point out some warning signs that students should be aware of and that they can see as red flags if they're in a relationship. Hi Kay, welcome. Hi Mary, I'm very happy to be here today. As we said, it's a a new academic year and students are starting off in college. Is there any advice you would give them starting a relationship? Okay, what I would say is that,
1: you know, starting out dating, um, you know, always meet your date in a public place. Make sure you pick the place yourself. Tell friends or family where you're going. Have your phone fully charged. If you are driving a car, have plenty fuel in the car. Have a code word with your friend, maybe your best friend, as a signal that you're in trouble. Yeah, that's a great one, actually, which a lot of students, Mm. I would advise them to use, yeah. And then maybe have a ready-made excuse if you want to leave early. Mm -hmm. So, oh, I promise, Mary, I'll be studying at 9 o'clock. I have to go now at half 8 Okay. You know, so if you're uncomfortable and if you feel uncomfortable, listen to how you feel and how you feel is more important than what you're thinking right? because okay. your gut instinct will not lead you astray.
0: OK, OK. Yeah, that's good as a sound advice.
1: Yeah. It's, so don't be thinking, oh, that would never happen to me or he's not like that or these things happen to people out there all the time.
0: What would be the
1: signs of a good
0: relationship?
1: There are many signs for a good relationship. Some of the main ones would be, it feels like being in the best kind of team, each person being treated as an equal. Communication without blame is important. So if there's something to be sorted out within the relationship, two people can sit down adult to adult and have open, honest and effective communication and being able to talk things out affection that is mutually enjoyed and respecting differences without judgment. Also, it's important to balance the need of the relationship with the needs of self-care. Maintaining one's sense of self, having hobbies, friends, alone time is also very important.
0: So can I ask you, a lot of students would say to me, um, I have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a partner, but I still love time on my own and they don't know why or they don't understand why. So you think that's quite natural and that's okay. It's not a sign there's something wrong. Oh no, definitely not that's a sign. We all need time alone. We need time for
1: self care. And if we have time for ourselves, that will actually feed into the relationship in a very, very positive way. One of the signs to watch out for in a partner is if they displays empathy, displays vulnerability, if they support their partner's personal growth, encourage their their partner to go and join their friends, go and join hobbies, have their alone time and that alone time is respected. It, it is important that everyone have their own self, care and their own self-alone time within a relationship because that's part of personal growth and personal development otherwise the relationship would be classed as enmeshment and enmeshment is not good in the relationship. What do you mean by that? Where you are living your own life through the needs and wants of another person. Okay. So it would, be, it would follow on to be a codependent relationship. You wouldn't have two single people in a relationship. You'd have more enmeshment. One person would be adjusting their own personality to fit in with the personality of another person.
0: Okay, and does that happen a lot? Do you see that with young people and students? Yes, that would happen a lot, and
1: usually that goes on for a relationship failure. Because what can happen is the codependent person becomes more dependent on their partner. Then the partner feels that pressure and the relationship may end. So what I would say to students out there is always be emotionally independent and always keep your own sense of self within the relationship and just see your relationship as one part of the segment of your wheel of life, not your whole wheel of life.
0: Oh, great. That's a good way of looking at it, actually. How would somebody know if they are in an abusive relationship, if it's something that behaviour changes very gradually? is You know, what would that be like for a student if they suddenly find themselves? How would they recognise that it's an abusive relationship they're in? The answer I would give to that
1: question is we think with our minds and we feel with our bodies. And when you are with your partner, uh, just tune into your emotions and ask yourself, how do I feel with this person? And if you feel afraid to express your own feelings, if you feel a pounding or a fluttering in your chest or a nervous or sick feeling, then this person is not for you. If you're afraid to make decisions or if you're changing your behavior so your partner won't react in a jealous way, if you have to change any part of you to fit in with another person, then the cost of being in that relationship is too high.
0: So it's kind of like if you're walking in eggshells, if you have that kind of a feeling for a student, then it's not it's not a positive environment they're in with that person.
1: Yes. And they'll be in a state of hypervigilant. They won't be able to relax. Your good energy is going out all the time and the cost of that relationship is too high. So you need to be fully yourself to be in a relationship and be at ease and have that inner peace and contentment and friendliness and freedom within the relationship for it to be a good one.
0: Okay, what are the different types of abuse, Kay, then? So, for example, physical abuse is very obvious to identify and maybe even to prove, but what are the different types? There's physical, emotional, psychological... Okay, Mary.
1: So another name for emotional abuse is psychological abuse. Emotional abuse is as harmful as physical violence. As you said, Mary, with physical violence, you can see the bruises on the outside. With the emotional and psychological abuse, there is bruises present, but they're actually on the inside. Emotional abuse is getting inside a person's head and finding out what is important to them. So that is what the abuser attacks. For example, say if a female or a girl in the relationship have a lovely jewellery box with all their jewellery and their jewellery is very important to them, then it is the jewellery box that will be destroyed. That is emotional and psychological abuse. Also being trapped by the abuser. The abuser may be taking car keys. Taking phone, looking at text messages, looking at emails, constantly criticised, constantly being put down. So what the abuser is doing is focusing in on what way can I totally emotionally
0: abuse this person so she actually becomes more dependent on me. And say you've mentioned now the phones So that's something that is very easy for someone to pick up and look at somebody else's messages on the phone or their pictures, images, whatever. So that's something that's a no-no. Nobody should touch your phone. No, your phone is a private thing. Your emails is a private thing.
1: I would have known myself, boyfriends or girlfriends, taking people's phones and reading text messages or checking the call log. That is not okay. OK, and that's something that's very easy to relate to. A person's um, boundary needs to be protected. Their privacy needs to be protected. And the physical abuse Then, Mary, you asked about that. The behaviours include biting, pulling hair, pinching, pushing or shoving, punching, slapping, burning, raping, strangling or choking and using weapons. And actually, uh, strangling or choking is actually the most common
0: Right. Um, of the physical behaviours. You've dealt with a lot of people that have encountered this and that also are abusers. So it is frightening when you hear that. You know, so it is important that people do realise, I suppose, at an earlier stage, if they can identify signs that may possibly lead up to Something more drastic as that. You mentioned there about signs
1: and I think it's just to look out for behaviours like a person being controlling and domineering and making all these decisions in the name of love. You know, the differences should be talked out in a reasonable way mm-hmm. and not one person setting down all the rules It's important if family and friends like him because our family and friends want the best for us. So if your family and friends like your partner, it's a positive sign. If they don't, I think that is something that needs to be listened to.
0: And what about if a student kind of doesn't want to introduce their partner, to the family and friends. Okay, so I'd be wondering why not? What is the reason? The fact that they
1: don't want to do that, it seems like they're trying to hide something or they're maybe afraid that they won't like them And it's very easy when you love someone to overlook what is really, really obvious. And what I would say to someone is trust your gut always. Go with what you feel and don't leave the fact that you actually love someone. Override these red flags, which will only lead to further chaos down the road and potentially maybe put you in a very dangerous situation.
0: What about if men are experiencing violence? I mean, a lot of the time we kind of think, firstly, maybe of women incorrectly, perhaps, of course. Whereas men do experience abuse as well. What should they say? And I mean, sometimes they feel a silly maybe saying that a woman might be abusing them, which is wrong, of course, because it is a fact that they too get abused. What would you advise them to do? What I would say to a man experiencing domestic abuse or
1: violence is don't walk the journey alone. Talk to a trusted friend or family member. Talk to a therapist therapist talk to your GP, seek help. There's a wonderful organisation for men. It's called Men's Aid. Men's Aid is the only dedicated national service supporting men and their families They have a national confidential helpline and they have other supports such as counselling by telephone or face to face and they have support groups. So the most important thing for men is don't be isolated and alone. Put a self-care plan in place for one's mental and physical health. And help and support is the key to change. Obviously, it's going to be a lot more difficult for a man to come forward. But abuse is just not physical. Emotional and psychological and verbal abuse is present in relationships. And sadly, the number of men experiencing domestic abuse in relationships is growing. At least one in seven men in Ireland will experience domestic abuse in their lifetime. One in seven? One in seven, Mary. I mean, when you
0: think of your circle of friends and family 1 in 7 of those it's quite high isn't it it is quite high and 1 in 16 will experience severe domestic violence and what's that in
1: relation to females it is 1 in 4 abuse projected on females is higher but abuse on men is rising sadly as well abuse could be verbal emotional or psychological very common questions men in abusive relationship ask is will i be believed why is this happening What can I do? How can I protect myself and my children?
0: And from your experience dealing with men that have been abused, is it easy for them to be believed or do they find it difficult to be believed? You know, when they reach out for help, they will definitely be
1: believed. There is no question about that. They'll be dealing with professionals. They will definitely be believed. It's just the internal conflict within themselves. I'm a man. I shouldn't be abused by my wife. And it's just the shame There can be toxic shame around it. And it's the shame that stops a lot of people reaching out for help.
0: Such a pity, isn't it, when you think about it? That, you know, if they can just realise that they're in such a negative situation and that they can be helped and they can be resolved. You know, the result can be so much better for them if they do look for help. Yeah, the hardest step is just making that initial step. But when they make it, they will be glad they did. So, I mean, I suppose one message that we want to get out is that females are males to take that step, look for help and go to somebody and talk to them and tell them the situation they're in. Because I'm sure females feel ashamed as well. And that probably stops them as well. Thinking, did they do something or the males are saying, did they do something that brought on this You know, behaviour. I think, Mary, you're after touching on something very important
1: there. That is what the abuser wants. The abuser wants to silence the person they're being abused. So, what they do is they get inside their head emotionally and psychologically and they fuel as much as possible or make the person believe as much as possible that what's happening in the relationship is their fault so eventually if the abuse continues and for example say if the person that is being abused comes to me for counselling for example say it is a man and the man is telling me all these things what I'm hearing back is not his own voice what I'm hearing back is the voice of the woman the voice of the abuser because she has got so much inside his head so it's about being able to recognise what's true what's not true and the abuser's aim is to silence the victim to isolate them from family and friends so now they're in a place where they can abuse them more because they're solely dependent on them. Sometimes
0: students say their partner was unkind or a little bit abusive but they had some drink in them and that was why but they're fine when they've no drink so there's alcohol involved or there's you know substance abuse and then the personality changes. So what advice would you give a student who would say that that they're fine in the morning, it was just last night when they had drink? Okay, I would see that. I would be very worried.
1: Drugs or drink is not an excuse for abusive behaviour. Abusive behaviour is a choice. If that is the case in the relationship, what will happen is the abuse will continue and will actually get worse. The person will start abusing when not under the influence of drugs or drink. So what I would say to a person in a relationship like that is look at the red flags here and get out and get out safely. Okay, so it's not an excuse, really. There's no excuse. That's very true, Mary. Abusive behaviour is a choice. There is no excuse, including mental illness, alcohol, drugs. Abusive behaviour is a
0: choice. OK, all right. Stark warning there, Okay. Is there a typical type of person who abuses? there is no particular type but they may share certain
1: personality traits. They like power and control and want to dominate. Abusers believe they have the right to control and restrict their partner's lives. The reason being they have a sense of entitlement and it is their needs and feelings that are important. They enjoy exerting the power that abuse gives them. People who abuse do not like taking self-responsibility. It is always someone else's fault, more likely their partner's. They like playing the victim and people who abuse also have conflict with family, friends and more colleagues. They lack empathy. They have low self-esteem. They may come across as charming at first. They crave compliments. They like passing comments about their partner and passing it off as a joke. But they will continue even though when they're even though they're told stop. They go too far. They go too far. And there is no typical person who abuses, but they share some similar personality traits. Now there is people in society that have personality disorders, and there are certain personality disorders that are more prone to abuse their partner and one of these would be narcissistic disorder, narcissistic personality disorder but they're very very good at hiding it. What you see may not be what you get. You could have a person coming from an abusive household and that person will go on and treat his partner very well because he's adamant not to repeat the behaviours he'd seen at home. And then you may have a person that comes from a very loving home that may go on and abuse their partner. So there is no set pattern, you know, and we can't put it down to
0: learned behaviours either. What are the warning signs of an abusive relationship? We want to say to a student, you know, you've met somebody, they seem really nice, you're getting on really well, but hang on, A, B, C, D, what's happening here?
1: Okay, so Mary, what I would say is that abuse within a relationship can happen very subtly. Say, for example, there's a couple going out on a date and the man calls to the girl's house. She is dressed and done up for the night. And he looks at her and he says, Joan, I don't like your shoes. So Joan looks at her shoes and Joan thought her shoes look fine. But Joan gets self-conscious about her shoes because he keeps on looking at her shoes and staring at her shoes. So Joan goes down to the bedroom and puts on another pair of shoes. So the next time then he calls, she'll have a different pair of shoes on and not the shoes he didn't like. But this time he may come in the door and he might say, you're wearing very funny eye makeup, you're not going to go out like that, are you? Right. And she'd look at the mirror and she says, I don't see anything wrong with my eye makeup. No, he says, that don't look right at all. You need to do something about it. You can't go out looking like that. And definitely I can't go out with you if you're looking like that.
0: Okay, And and then, of course, you have two ways you say, well, this is the way I am and I love it. And you either go with me or you go home yourself (laughs) or else you go and change. Okay, there is a crossroads there that if they take that approach, hopefully they wouldn't be manipulated. By this person.
1: Exactly, Mary, and that's the approach they should take. Yeah. Um, because unfortunately, if they don't take that approach, the abuse and controlling behaviours will only get worse
0: and there'll be personal boundaries more violated. Right, okay. Um, so that's something really simple to watch out for, like as a sign. And if, if it happens that you say, you know, um, be it male or female, say, oh, actually, okay, I'll change because they might prefer me to look this way how does that escalate then after that? So if that's something that happens, what are the other warning signs then? Okay, so now you're aware
1: that you have to adjust something about you mm-hmm. to suit in with your partner. Right. So then they may violate other boundaries. They might read the person's diary. They may tease them and make fun of their partner. If the person being abused feel insecure within the relationship, not knowing where you stand with a person, feeling uncertain or anxious or or the person being abused have to work double duty to keep the relationship afloat. A lot of happenings within a relationship, for example, going for a month, say to America and uh, the partner says, well, if you're going to America, when you come back, I'll be with someone else, I'm not going to be here for you. And the person could say, "Okay, he loves me so much, he can't live a month without me. I won't bother going to America. I'll stay in Ireland. That is actually a controlling behaviour and
0: manipulative. And I would hear a lot of students saying that they wanted to go away for the summer working or whatever and their partners would say you can't go without me you know you'll have to stay at home so I mean that's a very realistic and a very true to life scenario you've just explained there about the traveling. Yes Mary and of course they should go you own your own life and it is important to always
1: feel like you own your own life Mm -hmm. if you're important to your partner your partner will wait and if you won't wait that's no biggie right (laughs)
0: You know, he (laughs) wasn't the right one for you. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. he wasn't the right one for you. Okay, okay. I suppose if you're a young person and you're a young student, that's so major in your life. You know, a relationship like that, so that it's important that they do keep in mind it is their life, and they need to make the decisions they want to make know without others unduly influencing them isn't it it's very uh, important
1: yes and you know if the relationship develops and it goes further down the road you know they will be coming across these scenarios all the time with this person where one person is is setting down the rules and they just have to abide
0: so yeah. it's either abide
1: or get out of the relationship
0: if someone is listening and they can relate to this story or they feel that they know a student in their house and they think that they're in a, an abusive relationship or a family member or there's alarm bells are suddenly going off when they're listening to this what should they do is seek advice say for example if it's another student in a house and they want to help them what do you advise them to do it's all about being able to talk and tell the truth of what actually is
1: going on talk to a counsellor talk to a parent or a garden, first reassure them that it is not their fault. No one should have to put up with abuse. Feelings of anger and guilt are common when we have a friend and we know she's being abused. Obviously, the person being abused, one of the main signals a person is being abused is they're very, very confused. They're very, very, very confused in their thinking. Uh, which can impact their behavior in doing the right thing. So really, they need someone to support them in sitting down with them, talking it out with them and basically seeing the reality of their situation for what it is. And then the person helping them to, okay, the next steps are what? What will we do here? So basically, you'll have somebody walking the road or the journey with you. So you're no longer alone. Okay. OK, the confusion now is lessening or is being minimised. And what you have gone through and what you are going through is being validated. The person being abused no longer feels mad or feels crazy because that is what they may have been told. OK. OK, so they they begin to not trust how they feel and think anymore. They need someone to validate how they feel and do the thinking for them as they move through the process and hopefully get out of the relationship safely. That's the most important thing because we know from statistics that the most dangerous time for a woman for abuse is before she leaves the relationship, leaving the relationship or after leaving the relationship.
0: And is that the same for a man?
1: That is the same for a man. Also for a woman, abuse heightens during pregnancy. Right. Okay. OK, because when she's at her most vulnerable and as well as that, nine out of 10 women who have been killed in Ireland know they're attackers. Which is really scary. Which is really, really scary.
0: Yeah. So a safety plan is key. And can I ask you, if I was a student and I approached another student in my house and I said... Like I feel that the person they're seeing, be it male or female, they're kind of breaking boundaries. You know, I just don't think you're the same person with them, et cetera. But the the student in the relationship won't listen to them. Is there action they can take to ensure, you know, no harm comes to that student? Would you advise them go to a counsellor in a college or to tell somebody in a college? Is there positive actions they can take that may ensure the safety of the student? Because they might be in such a bubble... And so confused, as you said, that they're thinking and blaming themselves, but they might actually be in danger. I think, Mary, it's important for the
1: student to get the right professional help. And because confusion is such a big factor for the person who is being abused, I would be advising them to go with a friend. A friend can be the voice. For them, especially if they're living with them and if they've seen things that are happening within the house and inappropriate behaviours, the friend will be able to voice that better than the person being abused.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. Because sometimes, you know, if an outsider can see things that are happening or preempt things that are going to happen than the person who is in the relationship. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously, if you're you're house sharing, you get to know the person.
1: And if, as you say, if the person's behaviors change when their partner comes, if they go into a state of hypervigilance or stress or, like you said earlier, walking on eggshells, mm-hmm. you know, there is clearly something wrong. Okay. So they should always reach out for help.
0: OK. After talking today and when students are listening to advice you're giving and the alarm bells they should be looking out for, they might realise that in their own family environment, this is the behaviour that's there between their own parents or guardians. What would you advise them to do in that situation? Mary, that's a very difficult situation for the student to be in. First of
1: all, I would say talk to your parent or guardian, reassure them, of your love and what they mean to you. This conversation is not just a once off. You will have to continue to support. So listen without judgment, be respectful. And if your parent or guardian is not ready to talk, also respect those wishes. So encourage the parent or guardian to reach out for help. Talk to a trusted friend or counsellor
0: or a support group. Okay, if someone is scared, what can they do? So they've heard you talking here and suddenly they realise this is the kind of situation I'm in, like I'm walking on eggshells. I'm too afraid to ask for help. I'm too afraid to go to a counselor. What if he or she finds out I've done that? What's your advice?
1: Okay, so leaving an abusive relationship is probably one of the hardest things anyone can do. And what I would say is feeling scared is normal. It takes huge courage to to leave a relationship that is abusive. So what I would say is please go to a counsellor or professional and they will do a safety plan with you to exit the relationship safely.
0: And what is a safety plan?
1: A safety plan is basically, say, if you have a couple living together, And they are in a relationship and the woman wants to get out of the relationship. One of the things I would be advising her is keep things as normal as possible the day she's going. For example, pretend you're going out to the shop to get a grocery. Have the kettle on the boil. Put on a wash in the washing machine. Don't pack anything. Just have important documents in your purse. Leave everything else behind you and just walk out. It's about having a second set of car keys in the lawn somewhere or outside, having a
0: code board that we discussed earlier. And and the same for a man leaving, I and assume. And the same for a man leaving. Yeah. So they just walk out as well. They just walk
1: out. Keeping things as normal as possible and being able to exit the place of danger safely,
0: because okay. safety
1: is what's important here.
0: Right. And I imagine if I was a student and I was in a relationship like that and... I went for help and I, you know, summoned the courage to go for help. I would be worried, would they tell somebody else about it? You know, is there anybody else that would find out the situation I was in? So when you go to a counsellor and you put a safe one, that's all confidential, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah, it's all confidential. Yeah, the counsellor and client relationship is confidential. The only limitations to that confidentiality would be if you
0: were in serious danger where they'd have to report it. Okay. And I mean, that would be for your benefit, wouldn't it? And for your safety. That would be for your safety. Finally, Kay, just to finish on a note, going forward, what advice would you give students to protect themselves? I think, Mary, we we need to talk about uh, abuse in our relationships
1: more and make it kind of everyday talk so it isn't a taboo. Students will speak more freely if it isn't a taboo. And it will get rid of the shame and the toxic shame that's there because toxic shame fuels silence. And when I'm talking about silence, I mean silencing the person that's being abused.
0: And I suppose just to end on a positive note, I mean, the majority of relationships are very positive. They are very empowering. So it's just to be aware of the signs and signals that it may be abusive. And as you said, knowledge is power. They get out of it if they think that they're they're isn't, isn't that the message really we want to give it definitely mary and i think you know family and friends if they like your partner it's a big thing
1: mm. because your family and friends love you and they want the best for you and to listen to them in person's early 20s we're still learning about life and we don't know everything about life unfortunately but it's just about trusting your gut and asking yourself, is this the right person for me? Is this person supportive? Am I getting all the best things I can in a relationship in being with this person?
0: Just want to say thanks to kay Lynch for joining me today on giving very practical and great advice for students and hopefully for anybody else who is listening in today.
1: Thank you, Mary. My pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you found it useful. Feel free to contact me through my website careerahead.ie. Take care and talk soon.